day rally. Well, we should have been talking about the day and a half rally yesterday. Market completely came undone. Was it Fed speak? Apple later in the afternoon. What they they don't need chips anymore or chips from Broadcom or Qualcomm. They're gonna make their own. That shook up the market. Back under 3,900, folks. We are facing an uphill battle in today's session. Drug stocks, the safety trade, that's coming off too. A lot to look into in today's show. We'll also look across the pond with Michael Houston from CNC Markets. Mitch, roll that intro. Let's get the show started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Let's take a look at the markets. We're in the red in the S&P by nearly 20 handles, 19 and a half to make it exact, and 94 and a quarter. Uh, Got to keep an eye on that pre-market high, 1575, right up there near the close and uh, right up near the close from Friday as well. So keep an eye on unchanging your issues today, at least looking at the S&Ps. The buck getting a little bit of a rebound. That's up almost 32 cents at 103.06. Bonds down three quarters of a point, 129.730 seconds. Crude hanging out in the mid-70 handle, up 18 cents, 74.81. Gold tiring as it gets toward 1900, down 210 at 1875.70. Silver, that's farther away from 24, down 30 cents at 23.56. And Bitcoin futures, they're up 30 bucks at 17,255. Let's bring in Triple D. And uh, Triple D, I mean, what a what a disappointing disappointing end to uh to yesterday's session we just ran out of buyers or sellers got more aggressive just overhead supply joel this is the problem this is why it's so hard to sustain a rally in this heavy heavy downtrend in so many stocks you've got just overhead supply stocks start coming back a little bit they're like okay good enough you know i'm gonna get some of my money back i'm gonna get out People just looking to scratch. It's right back to behavioral finance where people do not want to take losses. It's called loss aversion. As the stocks come back to their price, they sell. There are so many people who are underwater in so many different stocks, obviously not all stocks, but a lot of them, that you know they get this nice little rally and then they just come in to sell. So it's tough. Again, it's all going to depend on Fed speak, CPI, lots of stuff this week. But chasing in this market, it's just not necessary. And that's what's been proven here again. Here, if you want to buy, you're getting a little pullback here now in the last two days. You've got the 50% retracement of the two-day move, Joel. Just like that. Bang! And it's there. Yeah. So now One if thing- you really think the bottom is in, this is a pullback to buy. I'm not in that camp, but you better to buy today than you were yesterday. I got a new term that I'm going to bring up today. What We always talk about the undercut and rally. What about the overcut and tank? For sure. 
That's exact same opposite mirror image. And that's Overshoot. what we saw. <laughs> Overshoot, Overshoot and tank. Sure. I like Overshoot that one, tank. Yeah. Overshoot and tank. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Jerome Powell coming in at 9 a.m. Eastern today. <laughs> but everybody's expecting. So let's just, you know, lay it out. Everybody's expecting him to be hawkish. He was so hawkish last time. So the expectations are hawkish. So you could see a turnaround on that. I'd be cautious shorting the market now. You had to short yesterday into the strength. I mean, we are still in the same market we've been in for the last year. It's buy the dip, sell the rip. It's not sell the dip. And that's what you just saw. We just saw a significant dip here from yesterday. I mean, the S&P SPY hit 393.70. We just dropped 70 handles in a few hours. So I'm not selling the dip now. You had to be selling it yesterday. So, I mean, that's where I'm at. So I'd be more inclined to buy this dip short term. I think the CPI is going to be okay. I think Powell is expected to be hawkish. I actually think as long as we don't get a tape bomb from, you know, one of these, you know, other and the tape bombs seem to be coming every day right now. But as long as we don't get a tape bomb from a big gun here, I think we could have a, a, a we could bounce back up here after, especially with the CPI. I think the CPI is going to be light. Uh, but I still think longer term, there's a recession ahead. And I think that's not good for stocks. I think the focus at least is going to shift here. I mean, you'll have the the Powell speaking today and whatever. The Powell, the, I like that. The Powell. The Powell. Um, and then you're going to have the CPI, but, uh, you know, I mean, earnings season. I mean, that's what's coming up, right? And you've had a couple, uh, you had a couple minor warnings yesterday. Well, not minor if you own Lululemon stock. Uh, but I think, you know, I think the interest rate thing may just go back on, you know, back burner for a little bit. I mean, it will still move the markets. Uh, but you're, you know, you're coming into earnings season. You're coming into, you know, potential warnings. So I think the tenor of the market is, is going to start to focus on what what really, I mean, interest rates are very important, right? And that's what brought the market off. But, I mean, you're coming into earnings season now. and uh, Earnings you know, warning season, I've been yeah. calling it. Because I think you're going to get a lot of earnings warnings. I think there's going to be so many earnings warnings that you're going to get sick of earnings warnings. I think there's going to be so many, many earnings warnings that the market is going to become numb to earnings warnings. But it isn't numb yet. It isn't numb yet, and it's too early. When it becomes numb to it, that's going to be your buying opportunity. But I think they're coming. I mean, you know, obviously, we got the Lululemon and the Macy's warnings. We've got some smaller companies warning here today, Mitch, which we can bring it over to in a second. ILMN at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference warns stocks down 14% today. But it seems like there's little disasters all over the place here right now. Quietly, when you look under the hood, you're starting to see problems. Yeah, it looks like at the JP Morgan Healthcare Conference, they issued financial outlook and guided 2023 revenues to 4.9 billion to 5.03 billion on the high end versus the 5 billion estimate adjusted EPS at $1.25 to $1.50. This is where it's a little bit off versus a $2.99 estimate. So that EPS to the high end of 150 about close to 50 cents off, 49 cents off, uh, and a dollar 49 cents off that estimate. So yeah, big, so uh, it's a conservative stock. Yes. It's a stock that doesn't move around. Well, actually I shouldn't say that it's a stock that hadn't been moving around too much lately, but this is a big move. 14%. I think it, it's 3% of the IBB too. So it's a big move. Mm. Um, it's down 29 bucks. Are we buying the dip? <sighs> no, I'm not buying. St I mean, you've got no. a level if you want to take a shot. 
173.45, Joel. Yeah, is the 52 week low. That's I mean, you're it. right there. So I won't argue with you. If you want to take a shot at 176 or 177, just stop yourself out on the lows. Yeah, give yourself a little wiggle room, like 170 probably. But, you know, you risk yourself 3% and say, I think it could bounce back. But again, Lululemon was trying to bounce back yesterday. Didn't really bounce back that much. Macy's trying to bounce back yesterday. Didn't really buy it, bounce that much. So they haven't been so inclined to just be, let's jump into the big ones with the earnings warnings here yet. So we haven't really seen that happen yet. So I'm not sure I want to be the first person to say, hey, this is the one that they're going to jump back into. But you got a level. At least you got a level. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know if we want to talk really quickly before we get into too many headlines. Let's talk about the turnaround that we saw in healthcare yesterday. Uh, Because definitely seeing the big stocks taking a hit, right? The major drug manufacturers uh, definitely Merck falling off the tape, Lily falling off the tape. What do we do with these now, Dennis? Do you think that these will eventually be dips to buy? Well, eventually, but I've been calling for like these are crowded trades. People have been hiding here. And I'm like, I'm going to keep saying it. And bear markets, they eventually come for everything. And I think they're coming. That's why I sold my Merck. That's why I've, I've hedged my AbbVie now. Um, I've, uh, I'm still open on Pfizer. I didn't hedge the Pfizer, which I wish I would have hedged that one too, because <laughs> it got really hit hard yesterday. But yeah, I do think there's going to be an opportunity to buy some of these names, but they're just they've been running too far. I mean, Lily, you know, this is a breakdown now. So is this, you know, just another opportunity that's going to bounce right back? Drugs, you know, do be- better in a recession. The PEs aren't crazy. And some of them, they, they're extended a little bit, but on some of them, they're not crazy at all. I've still got that OGN one, which has done really well, which is Organon. Um, I believe that was an old Merck spinoff. But anyways, um, it was actually a Kramer pick, and he actually we gave him a lot of heat. But that was a good one, OGN. Um, I'm still in, and I bought a 24.5. It's 29.5, so that's been a pretty good one. But the drug stocks overall, I want to own more drugs. I've hedged myself. I just think they've run too far. So I want to get, like, pullbacks. I can get Merck back down, like, 95, nine, even 100. Okay, now I'm interested in maybe reloading. You get back, you know, some of these other stocks. Gilead comes back down maybe in the mid-70s. Well, I'm interested in reloading. So I think that's the way we got to play it. I think that's, you know, that the crowded trades, the interest rates being higher eventually come for all these stocks. But on pullbacks here, yeah, those are the kind of stocks I want to own. Yeah, keep but, an but eye more, on it. This isn't, a yeah. pull, this isn't enough. I want to see like 50% retracement. Of the recent moves, like Gilead went from sixty-five to ninety, bring it back down to seventy-five, big, and then I'm interested. Such a big move, yeah. Key, I'm like, I'm watching the eighty-five here. Uh, the Gilead that had a lot of congestion, and man, so many stocks got that pop on Friday. You know, with the market and took it, you know, like out of that range. But now you're right back in it, and this had that range where it was, you know, catching a bit at eighty-five. Look at all these quiet ranges here. I'd keep a close eye on this one. If this doesn't get back above 85, uh, you know, off the hop early in the session, man, there's a lot of, I mean, it went to 80 to 85 uh, in what, six, seven sessions. Very unusual move for Gilead. I mean, it's sat there, it's had it had to have a move like that since, uh, since COVID and uh, you're turning, you're turning on a, a red candle so far in the month, midway through the month. All right, let's get into the Apple news. Let's talk about what's going on. Of course, this came yesterday right towards the close as Apple started dropping news that they aim to drop Broadcom's chip by 2025 to use in-house design. Bloomberg reported 
also that they are starting to replace Qualcomm's modem as soon as 2024. Apple working on components to combine modem, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth. If we think about this, why is it very important, especially to Broadcom and Qualcomm? Broadcom has relatively high revenue exposure, about 20% to Apple in the fiscal year 2022. And then when you think about it in Qualcomm's terms, it's about 22% there. Um, so there you guys see it. That's about $10 billion for Qualcomm on their bottom line. So definitely going to affect the space overall. And I yeah. think that this might not be such a massive move right out the gates. Of course, you saw Broadcom take the hit there already. Yeah. Um, but overall, this is for like kind of 2024 outlook. But oh, this is going to help Apple, right? Apple's been trying to figure out where do we grow? Like, do we yeah. look for new products? Do we do like new services? Well, this is one way that they definitely can improve their margins, right? Is control everything in-house. It seems like that's becoming their focus. Yeah, I think that I think it is their focus. It isn't good news for uh, Broadcom. It isn't good news for Qualcomm. Um, and Broadcom's had such a run. I mean, I again, we go to these stocks that are just crowded and they're like, oh, lower PE, nice dividend. Let's hide there. Again, hiding. If you want to hide, I'm going to just repeat this every single day. If you want to hide, hide in cash because if you're hiding in utilities, even hiding in drugs, which I like the drugs. If you want to hide, it's, it's, and you want to stay in equities, probably the drugs are the best place to be, but they've run too far. You got to wait for a pullback now. But if you want to hide, don't just look for, oh, it's a nice 3% dividend. It's 55 in cash right now, 5.2. Like, I just tied some money up, 5.2%. 5.2 in Canada. Government, GICs, government secured. Ontario, Bank of Canada goes down. Or Ontario, you know, we got more problems. So there's definitely some better places to hide. I have no idea why anybody would want to own utility stocks right now. I have no idea. I don't. I don't get it. But I mean, the market just continues to hold up with it. So it's like recession proof, you know? And yes, to a certain extent they are. You're still gonna pay your utility bill, but there's better places. I'd rather just be in cash. So if you wanna be in utility, I'd just rather be in cash. That's just my my own personal opinion here right now. Um, obviously I do day trading, you know, sometimes I'm in and out of these things, day trading and stuff. And I do have a position, some utility stocks here this morning, just as day trades. But as position trading, would I own utilities right now? No, they've run too far. If they tanked from here, yeah, maybe. But they've just run so far. So I think if you're scared of the market, be in cash. Don't be in these defensive stocks. Um, with this Apple news, it I mean, I, I'm, you can, you're taking the news. You're taking it for what it is. It's hitting these stocks, right, Broadcom and, uh, and Qualcomm. But it's just something in my – something is just like telling me like there's just something else behind this. You know, I is it going to be? They don't. You're just not going to need as many chips overall. I don't know. Uh, to me, it's just not. A, you know, Apple like trying to. I don't want to say cut corners or bringing chips in house. To me, I mean, it's not a financial engineering thing. It's just like this is like a stock that's in a downtrend like this. A stock that you're worried about earnings. I mean, this isn't the kind. I mean, what like this is nothing what does this news mean it's bad for those stocks but do they have developers already making these chips or, you know are they are they looking at some other company they're going to use something else so i um i don't know it's just something something in the weeds about this announcement we're getting it at face value for what it is it's hitting those stocks but i don't know if this is something that's like looming a little bit a little 
towards something a little bit different. We'll see. I mean, they got earnings. I know they're a little bit uh, lower uh, later in earnings season, but I don't know. This this move by Apple's just not settling right with me. It's down back under one thirty. Had a nice day yesterday, but just like the market, you know, gave gave a lot of it back. So back under one thirty. If you're looking at Apple, I just say you had a a retracement um, off that low. Put a couple. Never got to my one twenty two level. Uh, but what did you have? You had about a nine point rally. So. You're just like the S&P, Dennis. You know, you give it right there. You're right back at half of that move. And I don't know if it could be prudent just to step up and buy. Maybe if you had an intermediate term short on it or something, you're looking to bring it in. Uh, but uh, opening I'm right I'm still in hedged. I did slow. not look to hedge. I'm staying hedged. Yeah, obviously, I have to make a decision next week with the January, whether I'm going to roll them, whether I'm going to let it call it away. Whether I'm going, there's, you know, there's a lot of different decisions, you know, but we have a lot more information coming in by then. So I can, you know, make that decision in another week's time, but I've still got the hedge on. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to now to TSMC, of course, as they release their December numbers. Revenue came in at $6.32 billion. This marks a 13.5% decline from December, but about a 23.9% year-over-year increase. Annual revenues came in at NT 2.26 trillion, a 42.6% increase from 2021. Um, one thing that they did though here is that they are marking its first quarterly revenue miss in two years, signaling the global decline in electronic demand is starting to catch up with the chip giant as Bloomberg reports. It's how to run too. The problem is a lot of the stuff is just so far off the lows. You know, Taiwan Semiconductor was sixty bucks. Now it's eighty bucks. I mean, was it cheap at sixty? Obviously, it ran to eighty. You know, if it gets back down fifty percent retracement on the move, am I interested? Maybe. Well, remember, it got the Warren list. There so you go. I don't know right, necessarily that it, it should be have been up down. there at eighty. See well, that? Yeah. Good, good point, Mitch. And I, I was just, I was asked about this yesterday going into earnings. Earnings is always a flip, right? You know, with the which way it's going to go. But it had the nice run. Then you got the Warren boost, and then it couldn't hold on there. And I'm not going to look at gaps or anything in this because it's trades over Caesar. But I mean, you got a trade, you got a Warren top of trading range. I kind of got it in this one. This is. What was that? Uh, was it Hewlett Packard or something that he bought and he, and he just he got in like way too high? I can't remember what it was. I mean, this is a top of a trading range. Doesn't look like it's going to get there uh, yet today. But I just don't know where to buy it. But man, there's just all kinds of resistance here at eighty three and a half, and I think that lines up. You got even monthlies reinforcing that level too. So coming near the top of the trading range, just not sure it's going to get there today off the earnings reports. It's a tough stock. It's a tough call here. It's kind of, I got resistance up here, but again, major. Just think of the environment that we're in. You know, I'm not buying stocks that are resistance. Yeah, they break out sometimes, you know, the relative strength's in your favor here. And if the market goes, a stock would go too. So maybe there's better stocks to short, but I'm just, I don't know. If we're going to recession, I'm not buying chips. All right, let's move forward to what will. I don't know if we'll be talking about this for too much longer, but Bed Bath Beyond earnings, right? Q3 uh, sales came in at 1.26 billion, missed the 1.34 billion estimate. It is taking a hit. I know there's a lot of the short squeeze talk out there that could potentially happen in Bed Bath Beyond. I wouldn't hang my hat on it, but 
I'll kick it to you guys. It gets these pops, and again, now you're at a buck. I mean, buck 84. There's, it's always tough shorting stocks. There's a reason they don't become marginable when they go under five, because there's just so much risk, you know, of, you know, little pops. Yeah, stocks go bankrupt, and we've seen it happen before, and then all of a sudden Hertz goes bankrupt, and the stock goes up 300% on you. I mean, there's a lot of risk in shorting these stocks. I don't want to own them either, so because a lot of times they eventually do go down into the pennies. But the money's been made on the short side of Bed Bath & Beyond. Everybody who was jumping in here was wrong. It's not coming back to $30. Cohen's gone. He ain't touching it again. No so way. can it go to three or four? It could in a short squeeze, but it could easily go down to the pennies too here. So uh, it's just over. The trade's over here. Stocks, companies likely going bankrupt. Eventually, the stock probably goes lower. But I don't know the path to get there. And yeah, I'd be scared of short squeezes on this. So I'm not touching it. Okay, two things here. Uh, one is I've used my last twenty uh, percent uh, off coupon. Uh, they they closed oh. the one. They they closed the one. They closed me. her down beside. I him. went I went by there yesterday, no. and I needed one thing I was going to get for ten bucks, and then only pay eight bucks for it. And uh, were yep, getting, they, they were, were taking a bed or a bath. They, <laughs> no, <laughs> this week. Uh, yeah. But uh, Dennis, just going back real quick, we, we just got a question. I know you've talked about it several times as far as why you put the hedge on in 155. We're going back to, to Apple. Yeah, just, I mean, it was it's for tax purposes. I mean, I, well, no, I not, be, no, no. Well, yeah, you could push it through, so you could do that too. But right. it's because I thought the stock was going lower. And yes, I did not want to realize a full there gain on that. My average cost basis on Apple is $25. That's my cost basis. So I'm like, so you could just sell the stock at 155 and you eat the tax on that right away, or you can just roll some hedges. So, you know, I prefer rolling the hedges because I'm not, I don't know if I want to get rid of, I didn't know at the time if I wanted to just flat out sell my Apple, but mm -hmm. I felt like the short-term path was going lower. So that's why you buy puts. And if you want to put the perfect hedge, you sell the calls too, and then you have a perfect hedge. But, you know, if you just buy the puts, you're participating and, and obviously, you know, saving yourself. If you're just selling calls, you get to a certain extent, you, you know, you get out. the, like, I think I sold the calls for 13, but then that's it. So now you've got some real losses there on your hands. So you do the cuts, puts, and the calls. It's equivalent to a short position. So obviously, you know, that's a perfect hedge. So the main reason, you know, I've hedged some of these stocks is that, yeah, I had huge gains on these things sitting in Apple for the better part of a decade. And... I don't want to realize the gains. So you, if you just are, are just thinking it's going down a little bit, then you can do a hedge and you can roll it again. You know, the cost, the only, the cost is obviously the transaction costs, which is, are minimal. And then the time value of the money, because you have some money tied up in that position, but they'll pay you a little bit for that too, because the options will work itself out and you'll get a little bit back on that time value, the difference between the options prices and the stock price. So I, that that's why, you know, if, if I was sitting up like 10 bucks an Apple, I'd just take the gain. But you've got to, you know, do some tax, you know, you've got to consider all those things. And if you think Apple's going to zero or it's going way, you know, all the way back down to 25, maybe flat out sell it. But if you think it's just pulling back a little bit, which is what it's done, hedging isn't a better way. To, hedging is a pretty good way to go, too. So they expire before earnings then, right? At the January. I, I, I did these back in what, like June? I don't remember mm -hmm. when I did this. We can go look at the chart. We can identify exactly when I put the hedge on. People really like talking with this stuff. But it's important, too. Yeah, I think it was June. We had the, the, the washout down to 130, 129 back in, in June. Okay, so 129, it was June. And I rode it all the way down there. I was like, man, I've been calling for a tougher markets here, and I rode that app all the way down. So when it came back to the 150, I, I had some at 150 and the rest at 155. 
And I flat out sold some at 172. So I actually realized on a little bit on 25% of the position, I flat out sold at 170. And then I was like, why didn't I sell it all? So when it came <laughs> back, I hedged at 150, 155. And then it went to 170. I was like, man, there I am. I'm early again. It's always my problem. I'm too early. So, you know, I wish I would have got the 170, but you can't ever get them perfectly. And I'm sure that's how glad I hedged now with the stock at 130. So the question going forward is, do I, you know, just realize the gains on the options and open up the position? Or do I let the stock go and then I've got to pay the entire tax bill? There's a lot of implications here to think about. But right now I'm hedged and I'm hedged for another seven or eight trading days here. And when it comes to Friday of next week, I'm going to have to reevaluate. Yep, that was uh that was a nice rally. Okay, S and P's are getting off the mat here. Uh, Don, we hit ninety one fifty, trying to get back into the thirty nine hundred handle. Uh, Mid range on the sessions, just above this, and of course we have uh, Powell speaking at nine. So, trying to rally here off the lows, only down eighteen handles now. Mitch, where where do you want to go next? Let's go to Coinbase as they're cutting oh. a fifth of its workforce following an 18% staff reduction in June. So still cutting the workforce. I've talked about this plenty of times. Is there any platform that's safe? I would say no, but I'll kick it to you guys. I had this stock in the portfolio for a while and I ate a huge loss on it. So I bought it at like, I don't know, 200 bucks and I sold it at like 80. Oh, well, you did better than Kramer's Because when it was at 80, I thought it was going potentially to zero. I'm not going to change on that. I think Coinbase has got problems. It might not be a zero, but I think crypto is a mess. I think Bitcoin eventually does go down to 10,000. I think you see all these crypto stuff collapse around it when that happens. I don't know the path for it to get there. Nothing is easy. Could it go to 20 before that? It could. I just think Bitcoin is going lower. I think crypto. I think a lot of it is this Fugazi. I think it's nothingness. Nothingness. Bitcoin isn't nothingness. It's somethingness. I can see the use cases, you know, for with countries, you know, that obviously have very volatile currencies. I can see different use cases for it. But I think 90% of the crypto out there is nothingness. Um, so I don't own any of that stuff. Yeah. If I was to own crypto, which I still have a little legacy piece of Bitcoin. It was the smallest little, little, little position. 0.0001% of my portfolio. I think something stupid like that. <laughs> but I left one little smidgen piece on. We did good. Me and Joel did good trading Bitcoin when we had it there. Yeah. You, know, the you, had, like a, 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 you had like a double on it. I had a double on it. We did yeah. good on it. Missed the missed the move though that uh, when it broke out over twenty. I mean, I know you had it through that, but as far as uh, Coinbase goes, it's not. It's okay. It's only down seventeen cents here. So if they can get above the close here at thirty eight twenty seven, maybe you get some room up to uh, yesterday's high. But I think a lot of stocks right now, unless uh, unless Powell doesn't pivot at nine o'clock. I think uh, seeing yesterday's high in a lot of stocks, unless they have some good news on it, uh, is going to be tough. And yesterday's high, 39.38. And this thing's a mover. Yesterday's low is way down at 34.72. So, um, nor do I think it's going to drop four bucks off those, this news either. But not a pretty looking long term chart there in Coinbase. No, well, Joel, it, can it have squeezes? Could it squeeze a bit? I mean, you're down from three hundred and fifty dollars to thirty. Three fifty? More than that, that, man. It was more than that. Four twenty nine fifty four. Kramer recommended at four hundred. So I guess I got to go farther than a year and a half out. Yeah. But 
Yeah. Ooh. Could could it go to fifty? Could it go to fifty-five or sixty? I don't know the path. Yeah. If Bitcoin goes to twenty thousand, it's probably going to be sixty or seventy bucks. But if Bitcoin goes to ten thousand, this thing's a lot lower. And I still think the path of least resistance for all crypto is lower. I think it has so much overhead supply. I think the majority of it is nothingness. And you know, and you think about like what's happened here. I mean, you had the people who made it were these promoters. The people who made it were the people coming up and creating these coins. And they created wealth from nothing, to Peter Schiff's point. He talked about this as it was happening, you know, and correctly talked about it. You know, he's creating wealth from nothing. Oh, we got Denny coin. Let's buy Denny coin. I'm going to sell you all these coins. Oh, yeah, it's Denny coin, though, and it's a store of value. Yeah, is it? Is it really? And then you got hundreds or thousands of these other coins here. People just creating coins for no reasons at all. I mean, they all took advantage of the opportunity, right? I mean, that's what they, they did. They did. The, the people creating the coins were the people who made all the money. And what they did was they turned basically fake assets into real assets because they sat up there and started selling this stuff. You know, they were selling these coins and they were selling them to you, the public, to retail. And, the, and they took your money, your real money, and put it and, and sold it to you. And then they, they gave you fake money, basically, and monopoly money, if you want to call it. And then they took your real money and they bought real assets with it in the world, houses and, you know, boats and cars and everything else. So, I mean, it's tough. It was it was a lot of scams. A lot of it still is a scam. Is Bitcoin? No. The Bitcoin, if I owned anything, and like I said, I do have a little legacy piece, the smallest little schmidgen left um, from, you know, the, from the sales. But I'm way, I'll never be down in that position because I, I made, I actually did really well with the one Bitcoin trade. I think we made, what, one, two trades, Joel? Bitcoin, and I yeah. just bought the ETF. Then ETF and can't. I just made it on the ETF. Mm-hmm. So should just I been buying NFTs, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> well, that's the same thing. I mean, the NFTs, pictures, screenshots. It's all Spax just... attack, baby. It was, it was a fun, fun time. Though. It and was, it was a, a lot time. of fun. We had a lot of fun. Catchy, you know, Chris Catchy learned from so much from him, and he's smart. Yeah. I mean, running on that, you know, he's still working with Benzinga. You know what that and taught me? That guy does research, man. He's solid. You know what that taught me in all that is that at the end of the day, you have to be early on trends if you want to capture, right? And I think that that's what a lot of people did. They jumped early on the trend. And the early people made some good money on Bitcoin. Exactly. They and did. I think that that's what we need to learn. And yeah, one thing that did. I would say, though, is always keep it in mind, right? This is a very risky investment. So it's not just bring all your money into this, at least I would say for myself. It's just always, why not have a little money that you can you know, go into some of these risk assets? Definitely could have made a, a but, hefty but, return. But, but again, you've got to identify what you're in. And, you know, this is why from a fundamental basis, if you're buying Apple and somebody said Apple's not going to zero, Dennis, I know I I said that in a joking matter. If I thought Apple was going to zero, so I don't think Apple's going to zero. I'm going to clarify right now because somebody's going to take my quote out of context and say, I said Apple's going to zero. I said Apple's, I think, going under 100 bucks it could. That's why I haven't released the hedge yet. But Apple, you know, you're buying real companies with real cash flow. These are not zeros. I don't know what Bitcoin is. I don't know what Ethereum is. I don't know what Cardano or any of Doggy Coin or whatever the hell. Some of these potentially are zeros. That's why, you know, when you're buying real companies like blue chips, you know, for the most part, they're pretty stable. I mean, if Apple goes to zero, we don't even have to worry about anything in the stock market because we got major, major problems. Something has happened catastrophic is if Apple goes to zero and then we don't even need to worry about it. So there's certain stocks, you know, that you're going to risk assets, it's stocks. But if you look at my long-term portfolio, it for the most part, 
95% of it's in like dividend. Yours too, Joel. I mean, talk about what you yeah. want. You know, we've had some Boring. fun ones. We've had some fun ones, but the whole core holdings, my biggest holding is the Qs. My other biggest holding is SPY. So, I mean, you know, long term, you know, I'm kind of there. But, you know, then you like to have some fun. You know, I've got a little bit of Amazon that I've, you know, obviously my wife's RSP. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I put that bad one in hers. <laughs> but there, there, you just got to know what you're investing in. When you're investing in something that is literally just been created from thin air, and that's what these coins were, doggy coin, created from thin air. I mean, that's tough. So because when it comes down to the end, when Fundamentals always matter in the end. And if you don't have any fundies, eventually you probably got, you know, not a lot of money left in that investment. All right, let's go ahead. Uh, we'll do a quick one here about Disney yesterday talking about that they must return to office four days a week. They're hybrid employees. So, Joel, you're coming to the office, man. Nah, just joking with you I, there. I'll but... go work that slide at Disney World. I'll go work the... Uh... <laughs> What's Can it called? You imagine Joel, Blizzard the lifeguard Beach. of Blizzard Beach, just you know, just standing Joel out could be there. Old, huh? Joel's hey. the best swimmer. It's a, is that going to be your retirement there, Joel? You're going to go work as a lifeguard, you know, done training at Blizzard Beach, man. This guy, Blizzard don't, Beach, don't it miss sounds him. pretty good. Don't miss him. I kind of on jealous. the high slide because he likes the big slide. There, there was a, a slide at uh, the hotel that we stayed <laughs> at in uh, Scottsdale. And I'm like, I looked at it and I'm like, I, I asked the lifeguard if they had any, um, they had any speed records, um, for the slide because I wanted to go, <laughs> wanted to get like a little kid. <laughs> Lisa just kind of like, yeah, there were a bunch of little kids in there. I'm standing in line. <laughs> yeah, I want, I could you get a little running start, jump, you can get the and he'll figure out the edge. He's gonna get the running start. Joel always gets the edge. Just take a little running start there. Oh, yeah, we got man. this. And All right, we're new, slipping to uh, towards the lows here, Dennis. So keep an eye on your bids. I have absolutely nothing for you what, here. What's on your shopping list? I mean, we've got nothing. You know, nothing. nothing. I'm tired of this market. <laughs> I really You've got to have something on your No, shopping list. nothing. I'm, to I'm tired of this market. You know, it goes up, you make money. It goes down, you lose money. I'm just, I've, I've, I have not put new money to work, and I except for conservative things in a long time i just don't i just don't have the stomach for this just have, well nothing. i have the stomach for it i just haven't seen the the green light go and to mitch's point what's her green light go mitch you say it you've been saying it what's the green light go um the only green light go is pivot pivot, pivot. there you and go we're ways oh, away from oh, that's Ways I, I away think that's from it. that. I think you're right. I think you're sitting on your hands and just collecting your that's five. That's gonna be a long time, guys. That means pivot you... happens. I mean, might there's... happen sooner than later because I think we're gonna go and I think the economy is gonna go and then they're gonna be like, uh oh, we overshot. Is that gonna work this time? What did Bolsik said yesterday? I don't know if it's gonna work. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be in all problems <laughs> trying to lower interest rates. We're like, man, we lowered by a full point. This economy's still in a recession. <laughs> that's a very likely outcome, I think. I think that's the very likely outcome that the Fed overshoots. I think they already have. And I think it just takes time. And I think they're gonna be battling to get the economy going again. So it could be I don't think there's I in my own personal opinion. I don't even think it's going to be close to a soft landing. I think it's going to be a very, very hard landing. So, and that's why yeah. I'm positioned that way, you know, in my long term portfolio. I, on my long term portfolio, I make macro calls. Might be right, might be wrong. My macro call is hard landing. And that's why I got a lot of cash. I might be wrong. 
And you know what? Then I'll have to regroup and try to rebuild my portfolio. We'll go back to all-time highs. It's going to suck for me being half cash. But you know what? There'll be pullbacks. There'll be dips. I'll reallocate. I'll get back in. And you know what? I'm still getting paid 5% to wait. So, you know, the market takes off 20. Well, I'm down 15. So that sucks. Plenty of time. If this market starts to rear its jets, you'll have have plenty of time. You usually get another chance. Usually it isn't just like, and I know Kramer was saying yesterday on Mad Money, and he's scaring people into the market with this comment, but I heard him say it. He said that the market turns so fast that you won't get a chance to get back in. That's what he said. The market turns so fast when it decides to turn, you won't get back in. Maybe you won't get back into the bottom, but there will be opportunities to get back in. There's There's always always opportunities opportunities. to get back in. So I would ignore what he said there. He's scaring you back into stocks. I don't think you need to be scared. Maybe he's right. Maybe it's going to be the turn and we're going to blast off. Again, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know anything for certain. But all I can do is play the odds. But right now, I'm more scared to be in stocks than out of stocks. With that being said, Powell's talking today. CPI is coming. Lots of information. There could be some good trading opportunities. Brian Shannon, great tweet. You know, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. As a trader, absolutely. It's about the journey. You can trade all these events. They're all tradable. As a trader, I'm probably buying the dips here. As a trader, I think the market can actually rally the I don't think Powell's going to be as hawkish as the market thinks he's going to be. So, right. and then he could get CPI that could help. There is some short-term catalyst. The earnings bombs are coming, though. And that's what, you know, my long-term portfolio stays in cash short-term. I'm starting to lean a little bit long. Well, you guys know exactly how Dennis is looking at the markets. Let's take a look at how Michael Houston is looking at the markets. Good morning, or should I say good afternoon, Michael? How you doing? Good afternoon, guys. Yeah, not too bad. It's a little bit wet and horrible over here in uh, the United Kingdom, but... uh, um, yeah, I'm I'm working at home today. But, uh, How was your vacation? To... You took a couple weeks off. Did you go? Did I... you go somewhere fun? Did you Did you go so? If you can call Scotland fun, yeah. <laughs> 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 we we drove up. We drove up to Scotland. And Good whiskey, at least with family for a week or so. So, so yeah, it was nice to be able to just completely switch off. You know, sort of zone out, recharge the batteries, and then jump back in again. Okay, and, so uh, I, I asked you looking at the market through a fresh yeah, You don't trust this U.S. market, huh? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and also you might be in a little bit of different camp here. Uh, you know, we get the dovish hawkish talk, uh, but uh, you're looking for 50 basis point in February. So I'm not sure what yeah. uh, the consensus here, but uh, talk about why you don't trust this market and why you think we're going up 50 basis points in February. Well, you know, what I saw from those payrolls numbers on Friday shows me that the U.S. labor market is tight, the unemployment rate is low, and the Fed's own um, projections suggest uh, an unemployment rate of at least 1% above where we are now. And if you look at wage growth, particularly in the ADP payrolls report, that's trending at around between 7 and 10%. So on all of those metrics the Fed has got an awful lot more room to hike rates and they still would appear to have a slight inflation problem. And let's not forget, it's a 2% inflation target. You know, it's not 5 or 6%. It's not 3 or 4%. It is 2%. 
you know, yeah. and with you know, we're well above that. Point. And even if core CPI this week comes in, say for example, below six percent, you know, that's still going to be you know three times more than what the Fed is currently targeting. So, you know, for me, you know, the market can project all it likes and think the Fed is going to pivot. Sorry, it ain't going to happen. I just can't see it because for them to pivot, things would need to be really bad for the U.S. economy. And yes, yeah, some of the numbers aren't particularly great. You look at the services ISM, for example, um, that, that, that dipped into contraction territory in December. But that could merely be a consequence of the cold weather that you saw during that month, um, which kept people indoors and caused widespread cancellations of flights. So, you know, it's one month's data. The prices paid number was still very high. So for me, I think that I still favour 50 basis points. All of the all of the policymakers are suggesting a terminal rate of around about 5.25 to 5.4. Kashkari, you know, he's a dove, always has been a dove, is talking about a pause at around about 5.4%. But well, we're 90 basis points below that. You know, so what is the market thinking? I think it's wishful thinking. Seems like you're seeing hopium out there, Michael. Now, one thing, of course, is we're looking also across the pond. We've been keeping our eye on energy oil stocks. But, of course, every talk, at least in the summer of last year, was all about natural gas and the worries mm. that were going to happen, the crisis that was going to come. Well, it doesn't seem like we're getting that, Michael. Would we Should be any concern for next year? I absolutely think so. I mean, yes, natural gas prices have come down quite a bit to where they were before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And let's not forget, they're still three times higher than they were a year before. Um, you know, they were going up on the, on the back of concerns about a Russian invasion. They are now back down at pre-invasion levels, but they are still very, very high. And let's not forget, OK, we've had some mild weather over here in, in Europe and the UK, um, storage levels are around about 90% because of the mild winter. But the problem is next winter, there's no Nord Stream 1 because that's closed, no Nord Stream 2. Last summer, Europe filled up its gas reserves using Nord Stream 1. They won't have that option available um, this summer. So they'll have to source their gas supplies from elsewhere. Now, obviously, we've got Norway, we've got Qatar, we've got you guys. The UK just signed a deal with the US for um, LNG. But nonetheless, you know, businesses here are still struggling with high electricity prices, high natural gas prices. And that is not a problem that is going to go away anytime soon, particularly when you've got a very vocal green lobby who don't want to invest in new natural gas resources. And ultimately, if China comes back online, which it will do probably in the second quarter of this year, then you're going to have you know, an awful lot more players looking for a finite gas supply. We're on the line with Michael Hewson, Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets, joining us here on Pre-Market Prep. Uh, Michael, for years and years, this has been the place to be to invest in the U.S. markets. If you had been in, well, uh, the emerging markets or Europe, um, it just China oh, last year was an absolute disaster. It's, maybe are we looking in the wrong place here? Maybe is it going to be Europe and some emerging markets or China starting to, I mean, the uh, the FXI 
monthly chart sure looks a, a hell of a lot different than the S&Ps. Uh, talk about mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe there's other places to put your money in 2023 and 2000. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a long historical trend against the U.S. markets. Is that finally turning around? I think there's an, I think there's a case for looking perhaps in Europe and the U.K., Simply on the basis, if you actually look at the last 15 years, U.S. markets have done extraordinarily well. You know, if you look at the Nasdaq, for example, in the last 10 years, it's up over 300 percent. You know, you compare that to, say, for example, the DAX, and it's, it's, it's just about doubled in value. And let's not forget the DAX is a total return index, So unlike the Nasdaq, which isn't. So I think for me... Um, the only reason that U.S. markets have done so well over the course of the past, say, for example, 10 years, is a low interest rate environment. You know, so negative interest rates or zero interest rates, the Tina trade um, made it a no-brainer to invest in the U.S. Unfortunately, there is now an alternative. Yep. Um, and that alternative, if you actually look at the average dividend yields, for example, the DAX, or the FTSE 100 is between three and a half and four and a half percent. Interest rates, US two year treasury yields are 4.25%. Why would you invest in the NASDAQ um, at a time when its 12 month dividend yield is less than 1% and is looking particularly vulnerable on current valuations? Yeah. I'll give you an example, and it's probably not going to make me very popular with some of your followers, but say, for example, look at Tesla, for example. Even with the declines that we've seen over the course of the past um, six months, that company has got a market cap of $350 billion, sells around about 1.3 million electric vehicles per year. Ford Motor Company, who's starting in to get into electric cars, $50 billion. Volkswagen sells a hell of a lot more cars than Tesla ever will, 70 billion euros. Are you seriously telling me that at a time when all of the automakers are now upping their game when it comes to electric cars, that Tesla is worth $350 billion? That's why the multiple contraction. And think about where it was. It was almost a trillion. Was it a trillion? Did it ever hit a trillion? It was. It almost got to a trillion. That's unbelievable when you think about that. And obviously, you know, people are saying it's more than a car company. That was the excuse then. But now they're starting to realize maybe this is just a car company as the valuations come in. And then you start doing well, it. It is a car company, about. Dennis. I mean, that's what it does. I mean, okay, yes, it does have other smaller divisions, um, you know, solar power and what have you. But I think that's a very small part of the overall business. Yeah. You know, and now Musk is cutting prices in China. He may well have to cut prices even further. And ultimately, electric cars are all well and good. But unless you build the grid capacity uh-huh. to recharge these cars, then you're going to have a problem and electric car owners are going to have a problem when it comes to recharging, unless they have a charging point at home. All right, Michael. Now, one thing, of course, we've been keeping a close eye, of course, what's happening here in the U.S. We're getting CPI report coming in mm. on the 12th. What is going on in Europe? How's that inflation situation? Inflation here is still much higher than it is in the US. I mean, that's a given, but I think a large part of that is down to the fact that what we talked about earlier, natural gas prices, you do have your own natural gas resource, therefore your headline inflation level is much lower. You know, we still have to import in all our natural gas. We're also seeing a significant amount of wage inflation over here. Not surprisingly, we've got strikes. I think we had um, transport strikes all of the first week of January. 
which basically kept most people out of the office. So, you know, I think as far as the inflation outlook over here in the UK and Europe is concerned, I think it has probably peaked. But the bigger question is how quickly does it come down? Certainly the European Central Bank is talking about another 350 basis point rate hikes this year but before the end of March. I struggle, I really struggle with that, given the fact that the deposit rate is currently at 2% and Lagarde was saying um, in December that she saw a terminal rate of three. Well, by my crude assessment of mathematics, if you add 150 basis points to 2%, that's 3.5%. So some of the hawkish noises coming out of the ECB would suggest that they still think we've got a significant inflation problem here. Similarly for the Bank of England, you know, we're still headline CPI at well over 10%, 10.5%. You know, whereas you look at you guys in the US, 7.1%, and it could well drop below 7% this Thursday. So um, we, we have quite a long way to go when it comes to um, alleviating the cost of living crisis and, and, and potentially seeing a pickup in economic activity in the latter part of this year. I do think that the prospects for equity markets here in Europe are probably better than they are, for example, in the US. You've only got to look at the performance of the DAX compared to, say, the S&P since the October lows to see that. The DAX is up 20% from its October lows. The S&P 500 is not even close. That worries me, and that suggests that the vulnerable side of the US markets is probably towards the downside. So this big slide in natural gas, we haven't got any any relief. And because uh, you were talking about the percentage gains in your utility bills uh, mm. over the last uh, six months or whatever. So no, no break. Huh? They take the rates up, but they don't bring them down. Something like that. Yeah. Um, I think what I would say is that we are expecting to see the energy price cap go up again in April. At the moment, though, with gas prices at their current levels, we actually may catch a break and actually see um, the cap frozen. And if that is the case, then that actually could be a good thing, because I think there is a widespread expectation amongst consumers here in the UK that they're going to have to be paying more come April. If they don't, then that could unlock capital um, spending for other things. But at the moment, the UK government, the European governments seem intent on stifling innovation, stifling growth by stupid windfall taxes. We'll have to see what happens there, Michael. At least it isn't as bad as some expected in the summer. So at least mm-hmm. we can have some positive outlook. Appreciate you coming on. Michael Houston, Chief Thanks, Market guys, Analyst, CMC Markets. All right. Have a good one. Let's take a look into the markets. How are we looking, Joel? Any leak here? Uh, no, we're co- coming soon. Yeah. The, J- J- call J- before the storm. Yeah. <laughs> the big uh, bad wolf. The, uh, we keep coming down to 9150. Uh, no relevant number there. I mean, we're still, yeah. it was a negative, definitely a negative day, right? That we gave it back. But as Dennis was alluding to, if you make, you know, if you didn't chase, uh, you know, on Friday, right, we're below this Friday's levels, and you didn't get caught up in, uh, you know, in that in that ridiculous rally yesterday. Now you're coming back in a little bit, right? You're probably coming in back to the top of the ranges from where we broke out from, and kind of the S and P's are doing that. But uh, right, we'll see. I mean, you know, the the, the algos. I don't know how they're programmed. Dovish, hawkish, whatever. Uh, but um, 
as always, you know, keep an eye on on uh, unchanged and for the S and P's that's thirteen seventy five, and that's right there with Friday's close, the high close of the move. We Dennis, you seeing anything out there? Just a um, little chop. Tech, in the tech is relatively weak, yeah. so it's definitely why it's getting hit here this morning. Um, you know, I can see Google trading down two percent, Meta down one point three five percent, Netflix is trading down one point seven percent. So definitely tech is weak. Again, everything is going to change here, though. So you look here, what we have right now will be nothing what we have here in an hour after Powell starts talking. So I do think if we get any type of an algo dip on Powell's apparent hawking, hawkishness, I think you get anywhere near, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying where I think we're going. I'm saying if we got down to the 380 spy, if for whatever reason they got nervous and really, you know, hammered it down on something Powell said, I think you find buyers. You have all kinds of support Ooh, from 376 ways, yeah. to 380. So I'll be looking to buy the dip if there's a significant dip down in that 376 to 380 area. I'm not <laughs> even sure it gets that low. So I'm no. as a trader here, I'm buying the dip. And I do think traders are going to position themselves long ahead of CPI, which comes Thursday, right, Mitch? Yes. So in a couple of days, I think traders are going to think that you know CPI is still coming in. So I think there is actually people like me actually looking to get long ahead of this. Not that I'm going to hold long ahead of it, but I think you could have a little run-up ahead of it. So I think actually this morning is going to be your opportunity to get in for short-term trading here with some short-term day trades. So I'm looking to buy the dip. All right. We'll see what happens today. It's definitely going to be an important moment at 9 a.m. Don't miss at Jerome Powell's speech. We'll see what happens. Will he stay on the hawkish tune? I think that's what's expected, at least for right now. Um, there is one more headline maybe we can give. It was the CVS potential buyout of Oak Street Health as OSH shares are trading higher in after hours uh, yesterday. Really got the push. Um, and this is about, of course, CVS potentially buying out the company. Um, wow. So, so bring up the OSH. It's up 32% on a rumor. When I see my stock pop 30, I don't have it, but if I had this, I'd be selling as fast as I possibly could because these rumors sometimes turn into nothing. And even if it turns into something, we're not in this like rosy environment where people are paying 70, 80, 90% premiums. They just gave you a 32% windfall here on a rumor. So maybe, you know, it gets taken over at 40 and maybe you regret that sale. But there's also the possibility that it doesn't get taken over at all and eventually goes back down. So I think it's a gift. I take gifts in bear markets, 32% pops in bear markets. On rumors, I sell. Yeah, pre-market high, 31 bucks or just over 31. You've leaked a little bit, so uh, you could use that as an area. 30 was your target. Well, here you are trading at 29.90. I just looked at the CVS chart. Uh, that's trading down 92 cents. You, see, you can see the low. Wow, that really did not participate uh, in the market uh, last week with the rally. So this one, uh, next daily low uh, that may come into play today, 9043. Uh, that was your low on January 5th. All right, we could take some stocks from the chat. We never leave a little bit of time for a little ticker okay. time. So I wanted to do at least a stock or two from the sure. chat. We always cover everything here. Um, just to kind of give the last little news that I had, Crocs gave a little kind of uh, pre-announcement fiscal year 22 revenue at 3.55 billion versus 3.51 billion. Just wanted to at least get the news out there. We'll see what happens with the stocks. Not doing much pre-market, but just want to kind of cover that. Yeah. 
let's go to a stock that we don't talk about often. Uh, CMG. Hmm, Alex. What was CMG? It's holding up fairly well. The PE isn't crazy on it. I mean, it's come off the highs. You know, we're obviously up almost a $2,000. We've come off a bet. It's, again, is CMG recession-proof? Not recession-proof, but it doesn't get hit as hard. I throw it, like, in the McDonald's category. You go in there, what, you eat for 10 bucks. I mean, you know, it's it's not like it's fine dining. It's not even mid. It's, you know, it's fast food. So I think it holds up better during a recession. What's the PE on it now? 33. It's still 33? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's too high. So, again, just go back to simple analysis here. Tell me when it's 20. 33. Holy. It's just too high. If that PE is right, it's just too high. That guac is expensive. <laughs> 14. Guac. Guac I, some guac. Fourteen fifty. I mean, it hit hit that yesterday. Fifty one sixty one. Uh, it hit it earlier in the year when it went to forty nine thirty eight. So I mean, that's. It, I wouldn't want to be short if it blows through uh, uh fourteen fifty. A lot of air uh, coming back on the downside. Uh, yesterday's lows down at fourteen fourteen oh one. I mean, there's one. I mean, just like a long term, I would like you know. When I think about this stock and like I'd like to short or whatever, I mean, aren't they going to do a, a stock split someday, or is it just too cool to to have a fifteen hundred dollars stock? So it's too that's cool, it. Joel. This it's is the too new cool, thing. It's man. Too cool, too cool. Okay, so go. SP's trying to get back <laughs> over thirty nine hundred. Is Triple D has his elbow on the buy button here, mid range on they're the buying, session. Yeah, yeah. It's the nervous, nervous. squaring up ahead nervous. of Powell. Yep. No. Yep. I, that's what I think. What else you got from the chat? Last Rich? one, an interesting one. This one, sometimes you could think about it, maybe a new year play. A new year, new me. Planet Fitness? Oh, God. <laughs> oh. How's it been doing? Oh, yeah. There you go. Seasonality. New year, new me, man. Seasonality. That stock's come back, eh? From the gutter. <laughs> yeah. From yeah. the gutter. COVID low, 23 well, bucks, and we all thought we we're all everything was going out of business. Remember, not it's far the from cheap all time gym, highs. What's the key on this? Was the play? This was Planet Fitness over Peloton all day. What was uh, what's the key on this? Take a look right now. Remember, this is a cheaper gym play. You can have access to the gym for ten dollars a month. Um, but uh, I, I don't. I don't think this is this is right. I have to look at it somewhere else. I would say it's not right, but. What I have here is 46. So that that scares me a little bit. I think bit. it's wrong. I think it's lower. Yeah, I think it's I remember lower looking than that. at it a while ago. I thought it was in the 20s. Let me look it up. Also, I mean, yeah, we got to go find out. So obviously, 83 you know, bucks, 83 bucks, 83 bucks. Uh, you're high yesterday, 82, 87. You're getting confirmation on the monthlies. You had a high at 82, 96. You traded down 33 cents. So uh, you clear 83, you got another leg higher, at least on the monthlies. But uh, this has been the hi- highest it's been since early 2022. So I'll give a uh, 83, I'll give it a three-star resistance there until it's taken out. Chat alerting us to Microsoft blasting off here right now. I do not, I didn't look for the news here, but we do have Microsoft has turned green. There was something that they were doing, some investment in some AI. Yeah, and that chat. I saw that that headline go by about two hours ago. Yeah, but that was already released before that. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's something else that just got released, though, because we do see Microsoft trading a buck and a half Mm -hmm. up here right now. So it's beat up. 
again, I don't like Microsoft. I had Microsoft for a long time, but just the PE is too high for me. But it's beat up, so it could bounce. I don't see any specific, you know, I see that headline from earlier. I don't see anything new here right in the last few minutes. Got beat up from uh, UBS last week, and then you had the follow through on the downside. Of, right now, I uh, traded. Okay, up the market's blasting off here right now too. So. Is it? Pile must yeah. have started speaking. So okay, yeah. there you go. Stability is a bedrock of the economy. So we got Powell talking. So I got to go. Okay, too me crazy. too. Everyone have a good woo, day. Woo! All right, celebrate, celebrate. Because guess what? Pre markets. Prep is down and it's time to get into the action. You guys see it. Things going on out there. And uh, yes, chat GBT AI is definitely going to be a big of the, you remember how there was the sexy word, the metaverse, the metaverse. Well, guess what? More than likely the sexy word in 2023, AI. All right, team. So keep that in mind as you keep seeing mentions like this. I think this could have a little bit of a push. Let's get over to the live trading team as, of course, we got live trading coming up next. Don't miss a team. We got Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I. And, of course, we'll try to keep watch on what's coming from Jerome Powell in the speech. Don't miss a team. Coming right now.